Welcome to the Mind Body Musings Podcast, the show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon, a former fitness model gone sane and the author of the popular self-love book, The Perfection Myth. If you dig the show and you're looking for more insight on how to stop food and exercise from controlling your life, check out her website, maddiemoon.com, and grab your free guide. If you're ready to end dieting once and for all, it's time you learn how to pursue real health instead. Enjoy the show. Episode 44 of the Mind Body Musings podcast is brought to you by the Ditch Metabolic Damage webinar. I'm really excited about tomorrow night because we will be having a special webinar with expert Matt Stone. In case you guys don't know who Matt Stone is, go head on over to 180 Degree Health and you'll check him out. Matt is not only one of my good friends, but he was also one of my biggest inspirations when getting started with my own health, building my metabolism back up, regaining my strength, just being a functioning human being again. Matt has done research on research on how to cultivate a calorie burning machine, one that's warm, one that doesn't have to... Um, having balanced hormones to look good, all that stuff we're trying to avoid, he knows how to fix it. So if you are experiencing any kind of metabolic damage from your love for dieting, come to the webinar. Starts at 8 o'clock Central Time. If you want to sign up for it, which you have to sign up beforehand, it's at maddiemoon.com slash metabolic damage. This webinar is interaction-based, so you'll be able to ask me and Matt your questions about metabolism and about food fears, dieting, recovery. Um, He actually did write a book called Diet Recovery, so that'll be a great way to get your mind prepped for this webinar. See what he's all about. Write down your questions and come prepared. It'll be about an hour long, give or take. So... Thank you guys for um, all of the emails you've been sending me about my website. I'm super stoked that you all like it and that you like the information I'm providing on it. Planning to do a lot more um, articles on that site. So come back to the site here and there. I know it's super easy to just like get caught up in um, having me on your iTunes and just getting a little podcast delivered every week. But... There's a lot of fun stuff happening over on the actual website. Um, A good way to stay in touch with me, to reach me quickly, or to know uh, what new stuff is going on on the site is to like my Facebook page. Um, The URL is actually Moon Fitness, so it's like facebook.com slash moon fitness. I know, really, really, really old URL, and Facebook is silly and won't let you change it. So I haven't been able to change it from Moon Fitness, which I created back in 2012. But nonetheless, still works, still has great information. But 
if you type in the search bar just um, mind body musings it'll pop up so the page name is still mind body musings but anyways if you're not a Facebook person that's cool too just head on over to Maddie Moon here and there and see what articles that I have up because I've got a lot of great stuff planned and mostly um, guest posts so people from around the world with their own insight on body image are going to be sharing with my audience their thoughts and insecurities and the lessons they've learned so I think you'll really appreciate that. Uh, today's podcast is called um, The Three Types of Eating You Don't Know About Yet. And we're not going to be talking about um, eating with your mouth necessarily, but I'm going to be taking pieces from one of my favorite books, Mindful Eating by Jan Bays. And I will have a link to that to the show notes if you want to um, get the book. But this book is... Um, it was a big game changer for me. I mean, we've all heard of intuitive eating, right? Do we know Do we know where intuitive eating kind of goes wrong? Yes? No? Maybe so? Well, intuitive eating um, is, it's an amazing, amazing book. And I really loved intuitive eating because it helps you to get back in touch with your intuition, which is something that chronic dieters aren't really used to doing. But where it lacks... And where it goes a little bit wrong is that you have to be in touch with your intuition in order for it to, quote, work. And so what if you're not really in touch with your intuition and you're just trying to learn it? I mean, it's not that easy when you're starting out to know when you are hungry and when you are full. Whether you have been anorexic, you have been bulimic, or you've been orthorexic, You've been following a set of rules, a set of regulations, restrictions. That's how you know when to eat. So when it's time to start intuitive eating, how do you just know when you're hungry or when you're full or what you want? So it's, there's a lot of pressure to stop eating whenever you're full and to start eating when you're hungry and to not eat outside of those boundaries. But in my opinion and in the opinion of a lot of my colleagues, um, sometimes you have to go a little bit overboard. You have to know... You have to have trial and error. Like sometimes you're not really that positive you're hungry, but you just feel like you should be eating. So you eat and then your body says, wait a minute, I'm kind of full. Maybe you hear it, maybe you don't, but you need trial and error. You need to experiment. You need to just eat the food to see how your body reacts to it. And and that in itself, in my opinion, is a, is a kind of intuition. And that's how you get your intuition back is with trial and error and experiment and see how you feel after you eat things. But anyways, with mindful eating, she talks about seven different types of hungers. One of them is mouth hunger and what your mouth truly craves. But all seven include eye hunger, stomach, mind hunger, heart hunger, nose hunger, cellular hunger, and then mouth hunger. This um, mindful eating is one of the things that I talk about a lot in Body Freedom, my four-week program, because... I think it is one of the most underrated um, tools for getting back in touch with your intuition and your hunger and your, and your fullness and why we eat and what we want to eat and what we're actually feeding. Because we're not always just feeding our stomach. We're not feeding our muscles for aesthetics and trying to look super hot. We're feeding our souls on so many different levels and mindful eating really goes into that and helps you understand what different aspects you need to be feeding and why you shouldn't be feeling guilty if you're eating something because it reminds you of home. That's not something you should be feeling guilty about. That's something you should enjoy and have fun with and be mindful with and appreciative. 
So today I'm going to talk about three of the different types, cellular, eye, and mind. And I'm going to be pulling a couple things from the actual book itself because um, I think you just can't get the, the lesson as well as I want you to receive it unless I read some of the things right from the book because the source is amazing. So let's start with cellular hunger. I am going to make some rustling noises here so that I have these bookmarked, but I just wanted to grab it. Um, so I could read out to you. So cellular hunger is pretty much your body telling you what it really needs, like water, salt, sugar, those kind of things. When your body is like lacking micronutrients and macronutrients, you're going to have cellular cues, but maybe you're not that in touch with your cellular cues anymore. Maybe you fear sugar so much that you've been ignoring your body's cues from wanting sugar for a while and you've got to get back in touch with it. So here's a little a little piece from the book that I'm going to read out about cellular hunger. When we were infants, we were tuned into the signals from our bodies that told us when to eat and when to stop. Given a choice, we had an instinctive awareness of what foods and how much food our body needed. As we grew older, this inner wisdom became lost in a bewildering host of other inner and outer voices that told us how we should eat. We received conflicting messages from our parents, from our peers, from advertising and health classes, from scientific research and diet doctors, and from movies and mirrors. These messages created a confusion of desires, impulses, and aversions that we've rendered us unable to just eat and to just eat enough. If we are to return to a healthy and balanced relationship with food, it is essential that we learn to turn our awareness inward and to hear again what our body is always telling us about its needs and its satisfaction. To learn to listen to cellular hunger is the primary skill of mindful eating. So as you can see, cellular hunger is an extremely important part of just our biological feedback, our physiology, we cannot survive without certain things like food and water. And so our body's been trying to tell us, hey, my cells really need to be nourished with this food, this food. And if you keep ignoring it, that's what causes like binges and cravings. Your body is craving something. And when the world says cravings are bad, it means that you're not, you're not, you don't have any willpower. You don't know how to turn your, your body off and you don't have any strength, and you just need to be tougher. It's all in your mind. Well, actually, no, it's not. It's in your cells. So you need to start listening to what your cells are actually asking you to do. And then in the book, she gives you some um, exercises for being mindful with cellular hunger. Boop, 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 boop. I'm going to try to find this part. All right, so one exercise of becoming mindful of cellular hunger is to sit quietly, to close your eyes, Become aware of the entire body. Can you discern whether the cells of the body are hungry or satisfied? If they're hungry for what? Liquid or solid? Vegetables? Root or leafy? Fruit? Citrus or not? Salt? Starch? Protein? This is not easy to discern at first. It might be easier to be aware of the signals from the body's cells if you try this before you eat. Sit for a few minutes with your eyes closed and try to read what, what the body actually wants. Halfway through your meal, stop eating, close your eyes, and try to feel if the body itself is hungry now. If so, for what? At the end of the meal, stop, close your eyes, and ask again. So while this practice might seem kind of extreme and you don't want to have to stop halfway eating your food every time you eat, you don't have to. But to be able to just tune in to cellular hunger once a day, a couple times a week, a couple times a month, 
whatever feels most comfortable for you to start out with. I think this is a crucial part and just not feeling guilty afterwards if you have a craving and then you eat exactly what you're craving. Don't feel guilty for that. Instead, be appreciative, be grateful, and be aware of how awesome your body is for just giving you those signals. Whether it's sugar or salt or starches, your body needs it. Are you going to give it to it? Okay, the next one that I'm going to talk about is eye hunger. Um, bluntly stated, eye hunger is when your eyes really want to eat something because it looks so delicious. And this is why Instagram is such a powerful tool and why people take all this time to make their pictures look gorgeous and beautiful because they want others to be like, wow, I got to follow this girl because her pictures look so pretty. And that's why photographers get paid thousands of dollars to take a picture of a piece of pizza to make it look gorgeous so that people will come into your restaurant and buy your food. Your eyes just get, get just as hungry as your stomach and as everything else. And so a couple ways that you can nourish your eye hunger is by spending time once a week making your meals pretty and feeding your eye hunger, taking the time to make your meals look gorgeous for you. And my challenge for you is if you're going to feed your eye hunger and you want to satisfy that nourishment of your eyes is to not necessarily take a picture of it and post it on Instagram because then it becomes into a validation type of thing. Like you want acknowledgement, you want others to follow you because of it, you want others to be proud of you or you want them to want to be like you or want to have your food. You just want people to validate your choices, your food choices. So my challenge for you is to make a pretty meal and to not have to tell anybody about it. It's kind of the same thing with like um, character or integrity. It's like what you do when no one's watching. So are you going to nourish your body when no one else is watching? Because that is a test to see how much you truly care about your body. Do you really care about validation and other people's support? Or do you love your body and your soul and your eyes and your mind and your cells so much that you want to create something beautiful for just you and only you? So one great way to feed your eye hunger, obviously, is to make a meal that looks pretty to you and then, of course, eat it. Another way, if you're not actually hungry, but you just, you're bored and you just feel like going into the kitchen and exploring and you're maybe on the other side of the spectrum where you you eat when you're bored. Like, maybe that's not my story, but that could be your story. And you just eat when you're bored and you're trying to search for other ways. Well, what else makes your eyes satisfied? Beauty of any kind of sort. Like Beauty. You can do your makeup. You can look at your face. You can go for a walk, look at nature. You can go anywhere. You just start exploring things that make you happy. Even reading a book. Even reading this mindful eating book is a great tool. But getting out of your routine of just feeling bored, your eyes are hungry for something, so you just feed your body food. Instead of going into that cycle, maybe go outside and go for a walk and put in your, you know, your little earbuds and listen to a podcast that fills your, yourself with nourishment and feed your eyes the beauty of nature. No matter where you live, there's got to be something. And if, you're not, if you don't live in the most safe area, you can always go get in your car and drive somewhere and then, you know, sit outside in a safer area and have a picnic with yourself or, or what have you. But think of some creative ways to fill your eye hunger, whether it could just be like looking at a picture or a painting. Sometimes that does some powerful stuff. I know it sounds kind of silly, like 
oh, go to Google and pick, pull up a picture of something beautiful. But sometimes it really is that simple. It's just like feeding your eyes with something beautiful. And if you're a creative soul, then that could be painting it yourself. That could be doing your own makeup because that's fun. But just play around with your eye hunger. Um, and there, I just gave you two different opposite ideas, either actually creating a gorgeous meal for yourself or going and looking at something gorgeous. But try one of those this week. And then the third one I'm going to talk about is mind hunger. And this one is the one that I am the most passionate about because I think it is one that is a ruling factor in many of our lives, especially you if you're listening to this podcast. But mind hunger is your mind wanting to be fed information or just entertaining um, stuff. So I'm going to pull up this, um, I'm going to open the book and go to Mindhunger because I love how she talks about it. Uh, Mindhunger is often based upon absolutes and opposites. Good food versus bad food. Should eat versus should not eat. When I was in medical school, we were taught that animal fat was bad. We were informed of the early findings of the large frame ham study that linked con- consumption of animal fat with heart disease. We all renounce butter, whole milk, cream, half and half, cream cheese, beef, and pork. We substituted sherbet for ice cream. Eggs were rationed, two per person per week. It became alarming and even repulsive to see these dangerous foods being shoveled into woefully ignorant mouths. Can you relate? Corn oil was considered good. Corn oil margarine was endorsed by medical groups. A few years later, however, a study showed that a diet high in oil was linked to lower rates of heart attack and stroke, but higher rates of cancer. Unsaturated fats were less able to protect against free radical damage to cells. We gratefully allowed butter back on our bread. The compromise introduced by one of my professors was better butter, whipped out uh, out of equal parts of butter and oil. Coconut oil was good, then bad. Recently, scientists have realized that people and animals who eat a lot of coconut have healthy hearts, and maybe it's okay after all. Fat was the enemy for a long time, but under the Atkins diet, it was transformed into our best friend. Now the Atkins diet seems to be fading out of fashion. Eggs were the villains for many years. It was hard to bake anything on the two eggs per week rationing plan, and recipes appeared that used only egg whites. Then an article appeared in a medical journal describing a mentally ill man who had eaten 36 hard-boiled eggs a day for several years and had a normal cholesterol level. Subsequent studies suggested that eating eggs does not increase one's risk of heart disease. We gratefully made beautiful whole egg yellow color omelets again. Eggs were our friends once more. My grandmother had diverticic... My grandmother had something that I cannot pronounce. A painful disease of the colon that thought to occur when the muscles of the colon weakened from trying to digest too much fiber in the diet. She was told to eat only pale, mushy foods, applesauce, mashed potatoes, custard, creamy soups. Later, studies reversed this prescription, postulating that this disease that I can't say resulted from not enough fiber in the diet. In my early years in medicine, I was swayed by the latest nutritional truths announced by doctors and research scientists. Over the decades, I have become more skeptical as I have been seen, as I have seen the experts reverse themselves repeatedly. I've ended up not taking any absolute statements from food too seriously, whether they come from a medical journal or from within the urging of my own mind. The Buddhist principles of the middle way 
emerges as the very sane way to live. It advises us not to become caught up in any extremes in the context of eating. Finding the middle way not only means clinging to any food, but not hating any food. Don't go overboard with anything in either a positive or negative way. Food is food. The rest is mind games. So I really like the mind hunger because it resonates with me and um, my past of having always wanted to feed my mind with different information of what food is good, what food is best for like my bodybuilding routine, what food is best for my paleo diet, what food is best for my vegetarian diet, now my vegan diet, what what's the best food for carb backloading, blah, 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 blah. Well, I consistently fed my mind this information, so of course it was really hard for me to block it out. My mind was hunger. It wanted to know it, it wanted to know what foods were best for it, what foods were worse for it. What how I should eat and how I should not eat. It made it easier on my intuition. When you use your mind to just tell you what to eat and how to eat, you can judge it based off facts. But when it, it becomes very dangerous when you start to rely on these facts to know what to eat and you lose your intuition completely. So a really great way to go about feeding your mind hunger is to feed your mind with stuff that doesn't have anything to do with food, nutrition, exercise, or any facts that may be uh, making you biased on what to eat. And then you end up in a place where you don't let yourself feed your cellular hunger because you think cravings are bad or you don't let yourself um, eat a meal that you really want because it's ugly and you really want to have a very pretty picture for your social media following. So instead of feeding your mind hunger with facts and stats about nutrition and exercise, why don't you go feed your mind hunger with stuff you actually enjoy, like reading music or reading nonfiction or reading anything else that has nothing to do with this or that. Maybe find a new interest, a new culture to invest yourself in. Spend that time you would be reading about stupid um, absolutes into something way more fun and beneficial for you. Maybe something that um, relates to your craft, something that will better yourself and your knowledge and help you be better at your career or your, your biggest passion in life, start reading stuff about that. And maybe your biggest passion is nutrition. Well, how can you stop falling for absolutes and believing that there are actually good foods and bad foods? Because there are no good foods or bad foods. As you just heard from that chapter I read, everything that has once been known as good has later been known as bad and then later been known as good again. So we can't really rely on stats and people and studies and facts and the best this or that to know how to eat because everything's going to go back and forth. So like if people say, oh, well, that's not very good. Bacon isn't very good for you. That's how you get fat. Oh my gosh, no freaking way. Not at all, obviously. There are people who eat bacon and are thin, but again, doesn't mean you're healthy just because you're thin. So start to eat in a way that makes you feel really good and makes you feel best. If you need help with this, like I said earlier, um, I go over all seven of these different types of hunger and body freedom. And what I didn't mention before is that body freedom, the program that I once talked about a few episodes back, actually probably a few months back, body freedom is my four-week course for ending your dieting obsession, your food fears, your um, obsessive exercising, getting back on track with your purpose and passion and life needing that guidance, that program is on my website. In fact, it's back. I took it off. I had my first run with a big group of people. It was an amazing first run. I got a lot of feedback. I tweaked the things that people said they would like me to have changed for the program. And now it is back up on my new site with an entirely new look. 
So if you want to check it out, you can go to maddiemoon.com slash BF slash, and you can learn more about mindful eating, intuitive eating, metabolic damage, um, how to cultivate unconditional body respect, um, what you get inside of body freedom. You get one new lesson every week, yours to keep and review forever. You will receive customized one-on-one email coaching with moi for the entirety of the program. An insightful, motivational, and supportive email for me delivered to your inbox every other day. Forever access to the private Body Freedom Facebook group for community and support. Clear action steps and exercises proven to make success happen in your life. And nutrition and fitness guidance that is structured with balance, pleasure, and progress. With this program, by the end of it, you will be able to turn all of your metabolic damage around for the better and start to use up your food like a fiery calorie-burning machine. You'll never again have or want a do-not-eat list. You'll be able to eat any food you want because it will no longer have power over you. You'll be able to hit the pillow and sleep like a baby all the way through the night because I know waking up at 3 a.m. is common for people who restrict. And focus your attention on the important things in life again. You'll be able to dance in your underwear, wear those gorgeous dresses out, and finally love the photos you take of yourself. Why? Because you will be feeling sexier than ever before. You'll be able to say goodbye to feeling not enough after browsing through magazines or fitness blogs. You'll be so satisfied with your body, you won't even care about those things anymore. You'll rest easy knowing that you will never again plan your meals weeks, months, or even seasons in advance. Food will no longer be a stressor in your life. While this program is based a lot on nutrition and food fears and the dieter's mentality, there is also talk on exercise. So if you suffer from feeling guilty or shameful if you miss an exercise, let me talk you through this. Let me teach you how I went from being an exercise addict to to being free and moving my body in a way that feels best and not feeling bad if I miss a workout and not feeling bad even if I missed a week of workouts and still look the exact same, still feel the exact same. The things that I teach in this program are the things that I tested and tried myself. I even know that if you implement the strategies that I teach in this program, you can stop working out and you can stop eating the way you've been eating on your dieter's mentality for good and look the same and feel even better. Your hormones will be more in balance. Your emotions will be more consistent. Everything gets better, trust me. But here's the thing. If you want to be a part of this program, you have to sign up soon. I will be shutting the doors to this May 17th. So you have until then to sign up. And even if you sign up now, you'll be able to get instant access. You don't have to wait until May 18th to start the program. I will let you have access now to it, but I will be closing the doors May 17th at 5 o'clock p.m. MST. And don't forget there is one-on-one email coaching. So if you've been wanting to work with me and you've been wanting to be able to talk to me about any food fears, any even exercise addictions or depression or anything outside of even the food and exercise realm, that's what I'm here for. And I'm consistent with communicating with you and working through it with you. And also, I will mention, and this is one of the best parts, there is a 100% money-back guarantee if this program does not deliver what I say it delivers. By the end of the four weeks, I plan to have a 
awesome, awesome game plan set for you for the rest of the year to where you know how to cultivate that body freedom that you want so badly. So if this is what you want, head on over to maddiemoon.com slash bf. Check out the body freedom program and sign up before all the spots are taken. All right, that's it for this week. I look forward to seeing you guys in the webinar, and y'all have a fantastic day.